I'm Tracy. And I'm Sharon. And we are Feet of Clay. Confessions of the Cult Sisters. I would say we have been in quite a whirlwind these past few months, right, Tracy? Yes, maybe not quite as strong as a tornado. Oh, (laughs) all right. Only diehard last days groupies are going to get that reference. (laughs) Oh, yes. This podcasting stuff is harder than it looks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It has been very intense. And you and I have talked about making sure that we're staying balanced in our personal lives, right? Like attending to our self-care and yeah, all that stuff. And I suggested that today I'd like to talk with you, Tracy, about how you are doing, what's weighing on your mind, what you're feeling good about, what you're feeling not great about, I, you know, really whatever you want to talk about. So how do you like that, me putting you uh, on the spot? <laughs> yeah, that is um, on the spot. And I think it's really good because, as we've mentioned, we've started a Facebook community page. And some people have actually reached out with some super kind words. And there's a few out there that are making sure that they say that to us. Like, hey, be sure to take care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, because... It is a true thing that when you start down this path of kind of opening up all of these, uh, you know, histories that we're all dealing with and then hearing other people's stories and then trying to keep up with all of the social media platforms, just, (laughs) you know, to to make sure you honor people who are coming to us and, you know, opening up their heart. And we're wanting to make sure we have time for that. Yeah. Then time for our lives. And so I think this is a great topic because, you know, you and I have made, you know, some verbal commitments to each other that we will make sure that we're taking care of our lives and that we will hear from one another when we're like, I can't do that tonight. Can't do that today. Yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned about the people reaching out to us. and And I will say that I feel... I feel like I want to be able to reach out personally and interact with every single one of them. And I feel bad if I don't, but then I'm also recognizing, okay, here's reality. You know, what can I do? What can I not do? And to not try to make myself responsible for the weight of the world. (laughs) I mean, we live for decades with that, right? So I'm trying to let it go. (laughs) Yeah, let it go. And you know, if you're listening to this, which I think you've always made fun of me, well, of course, if, of course if they if have it on, they're, they're listening, listening to it. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a burden. I mean, it's something that I think fuels us on a deep, deep level. So it's not that at all as far as this obligation. I have tremendous respect for people's stories. It means so much to hear from people and how what we have been saying has resonated with them. And then honestly, to hear some of the stories from some other ministries where they have just been exploited and abused in ways that we never even were is an emotional toil. Like I think someone had mentioned in one of our interviews that we were talking to, like, yeah, it makes you want to go burn a church. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how I'm doing, I think that 
today when I woke up, I did need to take some time because I am like, I want to go burn a fucking church. I want to yeah. go burn a particular fucking ministry, which yeah. we can get into. I can say it if you want me to. or we. Can I do. I, you, yeah, we're putting it all out there, sister. It's all. Yeah, so talk about that. I know. I know what's been weighing on you. So uh, yeah, spill the beans. Yeah. So, and of course, this involves my own family because as people have heard our stories, And we've tried to be as respectful and kind as we can to our ex-husbands because we know, you know, that none of us were perfect in these marriages. Mm -hmm. But my particular frustration is it seems that my ex-husband has taken three steps backwards into some of the more damaging aspects of fundamental Christianity. And I'm a little speechless a little stunned. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. I care because it impacts my children. (laughs) Right. Well, so I know you and I talk, you know, we've talked a bit on the podcast, but we talk in private. And I know the agony, the depth of pain you feel as you reflect back on the child discipline, that rigid, that rigid shit that we were brainwashed with the spanking rituals, all of those things. And you see now, we both see now, the damage inflicted on our children. And our hearts are broken over it. And we're trying to do everything we can to help them restore to a sense of love and safety that they should have had from us from the very beginning. And I also hear your incredible frustration and anger, and pain, knowing that the father of your children has doubled down on all of that abuse, does not take responsibility for it, does not see it as a problem, and is basically shrugging his shoulders with a little bit of a, almost a weird little smile about it. And it infuriates me too, Tracy. (laughs) Yes. And What makes this so upside down for me is, uh, for for listeners, we've been divorced since 2006. So this has been a long road. And I used to say, up until probably a year and a half ago, we could be the poster couple for going through a divorce and trying to be as kind to one another as possible and to impact the children the least amount possible. Yeah. And he did that well and I did that well. Yeah. And you know there was, you know, a lot of healing that the kids needed. And so they didn't want to be in that time at this house time at that. And so my ex drove extra miles. I made sure my house was always open. We spent holidays together. We made sure that the kids were not uprooted as much as possible. And we remained friendly and, you know, there were a couple of hot spots in there. Well, and I just want to say, not only did you remain friendly, I remember like holidays, Thanksgivings and Christmas. I mean, you guys integrated and I remember thinking, wow, this is pretty cool. They're both supportive. They're both there for the kids. You guys were doing things that I know that, I and my ex were not capable of doing. 
Yeah. And I was so proud of both of us. And I would say it had moved more into a brother-sister relationship. And we had talked about that. There wasn't, there were never was any romantic ties between us. So it was a really easy relationship to fall back into as far as you're like my extended family. Like we grew up you know, we went through our childhoods together, mm-hmm. basically, <laughs> you know, his family. And so there's a lot of history there. And I think there was a mutual sense of respecting each other. The thing that did change is he got in a relationship with a woman, which I was very excited about. <laughs> yeah, you were. I remember that. You were happy for him. I was so happy for him because it was a thing of, I want you. I have had my own relationships outside of our marriage And of course, it wouldn't be under what fundies would say would be sacred because I wasn't married to these people. But it was living in sin, girl. You were living in sin. But it was healing for me because finally I felt like somebody felt about me the way I think they were supposed to feel about about me. And I wanted that for him. It's like, you should have somebody that Mm -hmm. feels that way about you. And so this was very exciting. And The problem of this is that the church family and this person is is so hardcore into all of the fundy stuff that we came out of Mm. that I was actually watching him coming out of in his beliefs. He was softening up in areas. He was having much better conversations with the kids. He was taking effort to, to kind of show them that they were important in his life in ways he hadn't been doing before. So I was like seeing this growth and it was very encouraging to all of us. And then it took a U-turn. And then it took a U-turn. And it's a hardcore U-turn. And at the very beginning of it, I mean, so I will say at the very beginning of it, I invited this you know, new wife. I actually really could be very good friends with her. We come from mm-hmm. a lot of the same histories. You know, all of us who kind of grew up in fundamental Christianity have a lot of those similar ties. She and her first husband pastored a church in Texas. So we know a lot of the same teachers, same things, uh, same people, had them over for dinner. Like we've had relationships post this marriage. And it all changed when I was driving home from meeting with uh, my high school best friend who was a part of a church that was a sister church to Sovereign Grace And for those people who have followed my Instagram story, you can see nods to that. But Sovereign Grace is where Josh Harris came out of, uh, Larry Tomsack came out of, C.J. Mahaney came out of. They had some sexual abuse lawsuits against their organization for covering things up. Josh Harris, I think, eventually got out and said, I can't do this anymore. He deconstructed, pulled his books. And so I went searching for some of those articles on this church that was affiliated with my home church in El Paso and as well as us raising our children under Larry Tomzak's teachings. And the book was God, the Rod, and Your Child's Bod. And it wrecked me, Sharon. Um, Wait, what wrecked you? Wait, wait, what wrecked you? Reading the articles of the lawsuits against Larry Tomsack, reading, there's a powerful article called The Ministry of Violence. And we'll put those uh, links to those articles in the show notes. It's a powerful article about the history of corporal punishment and spanking within America 
and particularly within Christianity. And it calls out Larry Tomczak's book specifically, and it calls out Michael Pearl's book, which everyone will be familiar from our interviews that we've done with Chad and Abigail from Bill Gothard's The IBLP. And it goes further into the trauma bonding that happens and the sexual stimulation that can happen through spanking bare bottoms and really starts to uncover this level of psychological damage that can be created Mm -hmm. in this environment. And Mm -hmm. it was the first time that I looked at it through that angle because when I walked away- how how long ago was that, Tracy? So that was a year and a half ago. So, okay. Year and a half ago. I, I was late to the party on that because a lot of this stuff, the news broke in 2013, 2014. I think that's also when Bill Gothard was starting to be, you know, exposed. But, you know, you and I, we walked away and we walked away hard. Like, yeah, we, we, <laughs> like, we weren't, yeah, we weren't even, <laughs> our, our antenna were not up. We weren't even paying any attention to all this shit and fundamentalism because we're like, yeah, that's nothing but bullshit. <laughs> why even bother? Why even bother looking in that direction? <laughs> right. And I expected everyone to be falling. I mean, I, I, you know, would all remember the song. Oh, was it with the Keith as far as um, who'll be the next to go? Wait, did you just say, was it with the Keith? The Keith, the Keith. (laughs) Did we, I'm trying to think of if that was at last day's time or another segment of my life, who'll be the next to go? Is there a line in one of his songs? We can cut this out if there's not, but. (laughs) I don't remember that. Okay, yes. You don't need to cut it out. Just keep going, girl. (laughs) Ramble on, ramble on. Who'll be the next to go? And there was this expectation knowing that a lot of the ways that you know we all lived with that rabid intense faith that it has a life cycle like it just is really hard to maintain that and so you know i'm watching people that i went to india with kp yohanan over gospel for asia just having a scandal that involved the fbi i'm watching larry <laughs> tomzak having a sexual abuse scandal i'm watching the sovereign grace and just the legal problems that they're having and of course everyone knows about hillsong that's happening there and you know, expecting this because that's been my experience in these circles. And so what I wasn't expecting, because I had walked away and had apologized to my children, but it was just that, right? I lived under this way. They were already the ones kind of leading me out anyway. And so I thought it was over. Like they forgave me. They saw that I wasn't Mm -hmm. like that anymore It was all good. But what I didn't expect was some unresolved trauma in one of my kids to resurface years later. Mm. And I didn't understand it because I apologized. So I didn't know what else I could do. Mm -hmm. And I think just being able to read the depths of what this does that we've been hearing in our own interviews with Abigail and Chad has changed the course of the conversation, has Mm -hmm. changed the Mm -hmm. way that I can look at that, has changed how I'm having my own relationship because it's not just this light thing that you apologize for. I can see how we stole aspects of their childhood that they can never get back. And I do want to clarify that 
I don't walk around beating myself up for that. And I think people have been really great to say, hey, you know, we can hear the pain in your voice. We know that you are sorry for that. And I appreciate that because there really is pain when you look at the phases and stages of a little child and to think at the time when they need to feel safe and nurtured and connected and you are spanking them in that moment, that's a heartbreak. Yeah. It, it's a heartbreak. It's not a heartbreak that I know I can undo. It's not a heartbreak that like, I'm just going to go fold and die in the corner. But I, I am aware of the weight of what that does. Well, there's and a I reckoning. Right. And I own it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reckoning. It's one thing to apologize for we stepped on somebody's toes. Yes. It's another thing to gain more insight and understanding and realize, oh my God, I didn't just step on your toes. I shattered your kneecaps. I broke your back. I did things that have caused lasting damage. It's not just an oops. And when you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, Tracy, you have remained an incredible inspiration to me because you've got immense courage to press in when something shows up that's like, yeah, this is a problem and this is a problem that I inflicted. You do own it. And um, you're just you're just beautiful that way, Tracy. Oh, well, thank you. And so the frustration comes in is because you know who's not owning it. <laughs> Yeah. is the one who is in the belief system that should own it. And, yeah. and that is the disparity here that is so – it's a chasm of I, who am supposedly the one who has walked away from Jesus and all the spiritual gifts, am able to look at that, own it, and understand how beautiful my children's forgiveness is to me. Like that's a beautiful thing that we can talk through those stories and cry through those stories and hope through those stories. And I don't take that for granted. It's not just this, you know, I went to confession and some priest, you know, absolved me of something. And the one that is in the belief system that's supposed to be able to tap into the forgiveness of God the most is refusing to look into that closet. And I know this because in that year and a half ago, I I reached out to him and I said, it's really important that you and I have a conversation about this. Were you aware of this lawsuit? And this is what we are culpable of. Mm -hmm. And he responded with, There is no need for me to have that conversation with you. My kids are perfectly capable of coming to me if there's anything wrong. (laughs) So fucked up. So fucked up. And that, you know, kind of, kind of set me, (laughs) kind of set me off. Yeah. And was a part of the motivation to do this because what's wrong with that? There's so much wrong with that. And I have, you know, made it a point as we've been talking to other people who are doing these podcasts and talking to the Abigails and the Chads, and I have said over and over again, they have taught me. 
they have taught me. They have given me a window into the struggles that they have had to go through. And my ex needs to hear those stories. He needs to be able to understand that because it is very hard when you've been traumatized by a person to just call him up and go, hey, yeah. Hey, this this is this is it. It's a very difficult conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what, Tracy, it's completely disingenuous because he really does not want to hear. I know that, you know that. And it's also he's being incredibly reinforced because now he's on some sort of, you know, he's got some sort of position in this bigger church and I think you should say about what you did in trying to write reach out to the (laughs) leadership and the pastors there at that church. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and this walks that line because I've gone out and taken walks and in my head going, my default is forgiveness. Like that is where I'm happiest. I like to be at peace with people. I love to be forgiving towards people because I know how we all are. We need it. Yeah. And so it's very difficult for me to be in a space where it's like, dude, you are one of the most selfish people I have come into contact with. And you are the father of my children. And you will not even give me the grace to have a conversation about what you and I chose to do and believe and raise our kids. And so it's Mm -hmm. not even, so even if I gave him that, I'm like, okay, your kids are adults. They can have that. You haven't heard me. (laughs) Yeah. Like you are the one in your own belief system that was the leader of our home and the leader of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And you won't even allow me to be able to have this conversation with you on where now I can have memories and and show what we what we did. And in one of the conversations with one of my kids, because it's not something I can undo, there was like a challenge put forth. It was like, well, it would be great if you could impact the laws in our country that help make this not possible to continue. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, is something I've really taken to heart. And I've done some some reading on particularly Tennessee, because Larry Tomczak, his ministry is in Tennessee. And the lawsuits got thrown out for statute of limitations, of course. And then um, because corporal punishment is still legal, I think in, you know, we'll put it in our show notes, how many states... And there is a difference between the way I grew up and you'd get a swat on the back with a hairbrush, right? Which was few and far between. And we can have conversations about that. But I think through the documentary of Shiny Happy People and through our conversations, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about some spanking that happens in a lot of American homes. We're talking about a ritualized spanking methodology and teaching that teaches fear and creates anxiety. And as we will hear in some of our interviews, sexual development issues because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Well, and and real damage to emotional well-being because 
you know, it's one thing if you've got a parent who you did something naughty and the parent had told you not to, and they're like, Johnny, would you stop that? And Correct. you get a swat because it's congruent. The anger, the frustration of the parent is congruent with the action of swatting the kid. And I'm not justifying that at all. I'm just saying at least there's a consistency there. The big mind fuck comes when it's like, Johnny, you disobeyed God. And that makes God very, very sad. And that makes mommy and daddy sad. And we love you so much. And God says that we need to spank you because you need to learn to obey. And then the kid's whacked. And if the kid doesn't cry enough or the right way, they're whacked again and again and again. Sometimes, oh my God, it can just go on and on because they're looking for some sort of evidence of brokenness of spirit, which is so fucked up, just so fucked up. And then when it's all over, okay, Johnny, now give daddy a hug, say you're sorry, say you love me, say thank you, daddy for disciplining me in God's love. That is the big, big mind fuck. That is what just, I I mean, it's just nothing but emotional abuse, horrific emotional abuse. Horrific emotional abuse. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. And I believe with every ounce of my being that the church in America needs to have a reckoning with standing silent is one thing, but then encouraging this methodology is Mm -hmm. another thing. Mm -hmm. And the books, The Strong-Willed Child by James Dobson, God the Rod and Your Child's Bod by Larry Tomsack, and How to Train Up a Child by Michael Pearl are the three big ones. I think there's other ones out there that have been put into the hands of young Christian families all over America. And I believe that it is time for the pastors and the clergy to stand up from the pulpit and say, we got this wrong. Yep. Hey there, hey there, faithful listeners. We'd love a chance to listen to you. Yes, we would. We welcome your feedback, your questions, your suggestions for topics, or your personal stories. All of it. All of it, all of it. There are several ways for you to connect with us. We started a listener community group on Facebook. Search for Feet of Clay, Confessions of the Cult Sisters, Community. Oh, Sharon, our name is so long. (laughs) It's it's so friggin' long, right? (laughs) But we're long in the tooth. We're long in our years. So I think we've earned that right to have a long name if we want to. (laughs) Yes. And along those lines, you can go find us on our website, which is confessionsofthecultsisters.com. There's a tab called Talk to Us where you can send us a written message or leave a voice memo if you'd like. It's pretty techno-savvy of us, I'd say. (laughs) Oh, we're so smart for how old we are. Yep. And folks, if you say something super witty or you ask us a brilliant question or... Or maybe even tell us we're from the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. Anything fun and interesting like that. And we just might put your voice into one of our upcoming episodes. 
Honestly, we really do appreciate each and every one of you and are so glad you've decided to join us on our healing journey together. Yes, we really do appreciate you all. Okay, folks, now back to the episode already in progress. The church that your ex is part of and in some sort of prominent leadership position in, you wrote to the head of the leadership there about your concerns about this. And what did you get, Tracy? So I... I tried because we all, we have social media platforms and you do hate those people that just bother the hell out of you, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I've tried to walk that line where, you know, hey, this is who I am. I'm the ex-wife. This is the situation. I would really like it if you guys could take a stand as a church against this form of punishment. I would be happy to talk to you. I can share from experience why this is a really dangerous way and the fruit of it is not only backed up by science, it's backed up by experience from the countless people who have grown up and said, this has got to change. So I first wrote a little message through Instagram and then never answered. The main question is, will you take a stand against this form of discipline? I hate even calling it discipline, Tracy. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what they call it, but- That's what they call it. I know. So you got to use their language, but you and I know it's abuse but go ahead. It is abuse. Uh, so that that was that. But then I decided, you know, I'm going to write a full-on email to the leadership of this church and just, you know, share my story. And so I got onto the website. It's Big House Church in Virginia. And the only email address is information at Big House Church. So I wrote that to the pastors of Big House Church. And I introduced myself you know, it said, I wish when I was a young mother, I wish there was anybody out there who would have pulled me aside and given me another understanding of that scripture that they pull from Psalms, the one that says, you know, through the beating, you will drive out rebellion. I wished that somebody had challenged that theology because now, even if I believed in the Bible, there are so many ways to read that scripture. There are so many ways that you can talk about the shepherd's rod that doesn't include striking a child and trying to drive out that rebellion. There are so many ways to understand the Jesus story of sanctification that that's not how he deals with us, where he just beats us into obedience. <laughs> like to me, that's it goes against the entire gospel message on so many points. So that was my appeal to them. I wish somebody had equipped me differently. I would ask you guys to take a stand from your pulpit and come out against these three major books and this form of corporal punishment, because I'm still dealing with the healing and the fallout from that. And, you know, signed it sincerely, whatever. It was heartfelt. And I believe that if anybody had written me that letter, I would have first opened it with, I am so sorry that you have been going through that level of whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Even if they thought I was a, a crazy person, right? It's like it was definitely a heartfelt letter and it definitely revealed my pain and my angst. And it definitely was saying, I... I think the scripture has been misinterpreted here and it's causing a lot of damage to a lot of children. Will Mm -hmm. you guys do something? And the letter I got back, the response I got back was, 
who is your covering? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was just, uh, yeah, it was like, you're you're shitting me when when you shared that with me. I was like, these guys these guys and it's clear it's clear i mean i mean boy the misogyny that's in there the self righteousness the religious uh tracy it's just it's horrible and i have to say both of us i am surprised that we are still surprised every time we try something like this we try to reach out we hope that there's going to be someone listening and someone open and we actually hope and we get and and we wind up surprised that they don't and that's kind of silly because yes it it, <laughs> it is so here's the actual letter it's short okay. it's short and okay. sweet so i pour out my heart this is matt ruckel the executive pastor of big house church Moving forward, if you would like to send further correspondence about this topic, please send to my email at matt at bighousechurch.com. The info at bighousechurch.com, which was the email I used, which was the only one on the website, or any other Big House emails, Pastor Adam's personal pages, or other staff members' personal pages, or the Big House Church social pages, (laughs) Would not be the best place to have these discussions moving forward. Which you never did. You had never done that anyway. I, well, I had reached out to Pastor Gates on Instagram. Okay. Yes. Okay. Any further correspondence on this topic to any other big house church staff or social pages would be, as you put it, reaching out in excess. You have made your case. No further emails will be necessary. <laughs> Oh, can we say patriarchy? And so I sat on that for for a long time and, you know, eventually responded that I was saddened and surprised that nowhere in his email did he reach out for any of the struggles that we've been having as a family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Again, another heartfelt letter of... You know, ministers and churches are complicit. There's a shiny, happy people documentary. I really would love for you guys to to listen to that because I do think this is a topic that the church needs to address. And he wrote back, Tracy, can you send me the contact information for your board of directors or your spiritual covering? <laughs> Period. That's it. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so it it has, I think the thing that is very difficult for me in this is to me, this is a no brainer. It is so hard for me to think that as we have moved forward, you know what, my kids were born in the, in the eighties mm-hmm. and science has moved forward and people have grown up and they're sharing their stories. And then you have docuseries that are shining the light. You have great work on trauma now that is out there for anyone who picks up a book to read it. And the science is in, and it's in in such a strong way. Well, it is. But, you know, Tracy, (sighs) there was, you know, your ex did show great compassion and willingness to help because he did offer to let your kids, your adult kids, have counseling sessions with someone on staff there at his church. 
because that could definitely help them navigate all the abuse, all the mind twist that came from being raised in this fundamental abusive situation. So let's just use Christian scriptures and Christian counselors to try to untangle it because no, you know what it would be? It would be reinforcing, yeah, your hearts are wicked, kids. You're rebellious. No wonder your dad had to beat you. And it's like how tone deaf, how insulting, how minimizing. That just that just infuriated me when you told me about that. Yeah, and you know, the other part of that is he did send that unsolicited to his kids. Wait, wait, just just out of the blue said, "Hey, out you of can the come blue. get counseling at my church." Yes, because <laughs> because I was trying to have So this is how I view it, listeners. And I've tried to talk to people just because I do know that if you become a crazy person that's always poking at it, it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. So I have tried to approach it of you and I did this. It wasn't you. I'm not saying you. You and I. I was mm-hmm. a co-operator in this scenario. And it would be really great if you and I could have a united front on how we talk about it. That would be yeah. really, really, really great. And that would require a conversation for him to have with me. And instead of having that conversation with me, he sent a letter unsolicited because I'm trying to be very respectful of their lives and what they're going through and when they're ready or when they're not ready or whether they want to include us or not include us, right? That's their Mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm really trying because of all of the things I've learned from listening to people They may never want to even have those conversations with us. I get it, but I need to have it with my ex because we did this together. Yeah. So then he sent this unsolicited fellow counselor from his church and he put the contact information. And though, of course, they let me know that. They meaning your kids? Yeah. So I, I knew he had done this. And so I did write to him and I said, hey. I'm absolutely willing to meet with that counselor. (laughs) I would love to meet with you and that counselor. Yeah. And since you seem to trust her, can we schedule a time where we can have that conversation? And of course, he didn't answer it. So I still made the appointment with this counselor. I paid the money for the session. Mm. Uh, She is a Bob Jones University graduate. I think there's some people that will appreciate that. But my my view going into this is I don't care what final belief systems that you have. I think that everyone should agree on when abuse is abuse and not just discipline. Yeah. And that when, you know, a full-on counselor hears these stories, I think they will absolutely say that was abuse. So did you meet so you met with her? I met with her. So your ex was not there, just you. So he never answered me about it. So I went ahead and did it. And then I let the counselor know. I said, you have my permission to share anything that I have shared with my ex should he come in. Because I get it. He may not be comfortable me being there. But I have laid all this out. And she was compassionate and I think definitely wanted me to come to the point where Jesus was going to heal me from <laughs> of course whatever and of it's course. like that's that's not why I'm here. Right. I'm here <laughs> because I think my ex needs to be able to hear. Now did she acknowledge that 
what you described was actually abusive? She did. I would say she was careful, as I expected her to be. Mm -hmm. She did have a lot of empathy, and she did say, it sounds like you've been saying this for a long time. And I, of course, cried because it is painful. And I said, I have been saying this for a long time. And I think it's really important for him to hear these stories that I have had to listen to and I think have not been shared with him because of his inability to hear to hear them. Well, that inability to hear, Tracy, I think that that is just sadly the reality because, uh, you know, we go back a long, long way. And I feel towards your kids almost as much connection as I feel towards my own. And <laughs> we won't say which one, but we we did nurse each other's babies at one point. We did. <laughs> we're not going to, don't worry, don't worry, kids. If you're listening to this, we're not saying you, which one of you it was. But anyway, <laughs> but I do. I mean, your kids, all adults, are really important to me. I really care about them. And when we finished up our interview with Chad, and he was talking about the spanking rituals, and what that was like for him in the moment, and what that did to him in his own psyche, and then in his relationships going forward, and what he's had to unlearn, it really just pierced my heart. And it made me think, in particular, of one of your children. And I could just see so much of what Chad went through with this one of your kids. And so I reached out privately and personally to your ex. And I said, hey, I know, I know you love your kids like crazy. I love your kids like crazy. And I know we were all young and we're all trying to figure it out. And we would all do things differently if we could go back in time. But I heard some things that this young man, Chad Harris, shared. And it really made me think in particular of one of your kids. And I sent him a clip, a little clip of some of the stuff that Chad said. I mean, really brief, like one minute. And I also suggested, I said, you know, it's been hard for me to face up to my own failures with my raising of my kids and to begin to have those conversations. And I've learned some things along the way, and I've done them not right some of the time. And if you do want to talk with your kids, hey, I'd love to just have a conversation with you, you know, and just share with you some things that have helped me. And um, yeah, it was pretty much not interested, not interested. No, it wasn't just not interested. There was definitely a mocking tone yeah, of his response right. to you. Yeah, it was. Which was the same with the pastor. And I guess that's the part you know, even in, you know, talking openly, because it is that that difficult line of how much do you air what's happening. But because they are all in active ministry, it's a different level of accountability. Yes, you're right. I mean, if they were just living private lives, that's one thing. Correct. But I'm sorry, you guys are Correct. out there fucking standing <laughs> in front of other people, yes. promoting this shit, not taking responsibility, justifying it. And that just makes me so angry. Cor Correct. <laughs> and so I think that's been the added layer of insult into this is 
He is not just a private citizen. He has gone back into the ministry. He is supported by a big church as a prayer ministry. He has given himself the name Papa Lindsay, which has been an added insult because he is setting himself up as the paragon of fathers. And he, you know, there's a lot of, you know, little memes that talk about this new wave of Christianity that, that calls God Papa God. (laughs) It's just creepy. It's so weird. And it was never our style. We did not do that at last day's ministries. (laughs) (laughs) And so you'll hear like, well, Papa God, Papa God, daddy God, Papa God. And it, it makes me want to (laughs) barf. It does. But imagine being abused at the hand of Mm. the man who is now saying that. Yeah. And just what an added insult is. And that's what makes me want to burn a church. That comes back from the (laughs) beginning of it. It makes me want to burn a church because it's not just somebody who, yeah, he's got this stuff and he won't face it. I know his training because we all were at last days. We Mm -hmm. led a school together. I know the importance of going back to people to make things right. Yeah. I know the teaching of the Father Heart of God, and nowhere in that teaching is this. <laughs> no. And then when you have this level of hurt that people are now coming out and speaking about, the entire dialogue of the church, it's happening on our Last Days alumni site, it's happening from these pastors at this big house church, they're turning a deaf ear. And it's like, yeah. you guys, these are kids who have grown up who are speaking out and instead of you offering compassion for what they've gone through even throwing a bone of compassion (laughs) you are immediately who's your covering why are you doing that you're hurt and bitter circle the wagons and turn a deaf ear and turn around and blame blame shift it's so much there you know tracy there was something else that occurred to me recently and that is i have several grandchildren i'm Pretty sure you will at some point in the future. But as I look at my kids with their children, I think to myself, oh my God, I would never want them to do everything the way I did it. I want them to do it differently. I want them to be better. I want them to be more compassionate, more understanding, more affirming. I would never say to them, hey, do as I did. No fucking way. And I wonder that about your ex. I wonder what he would think about the grandkids. And if he would say, yeah, I'm happy with everything I did, how I raised my children when they were young. Would he really say that? So here's here's the other thing that I did want to make mention of. And because I know the mindset so well and I know the teaching so well, I can know what's going through their head. And he does believe that he has apologized for it back many years ago. And this is the apology. I am sorry. And he did break down in tears, but it was really uncomfortable because it was about his pain and not any of the kids' pain, right? Mm. I am sorry. I didn't understand God's heart. He did say that. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. And I think that there is a thing of looking at me as being one is the voice of condemnation of the devil because he has apologized and I am trying to pull him back. 
It's just so inadequate. It's just so... Correct. And the part of it, even at the time when he said that, I was like, no, you didn't get it wrong. You actually got it so right. You were so faithful. You were so earnest. You were so intent Mm. on following the teaching that you believe to be true, that you followed it so intensely to the letter that it seared your own instincts to pull back on that. And it wasn't because you were such a, an evil person that you didn't understand God's heart. You were taught this. Yeah. <laughs> and then another child at some point in these last couple decades said, it's very hard to forgive when someone is still in the same mindset that they were in when they did it. Yeah. And it's very hard to respect someone's faith who at every time along the timeline at an important place has gotten it wrong. You know, and that would be a lot of that history. I got it wrong here. I got it wrong here. I got it wrong here. And they said, what good is a belief system if you always get it wrong? (laughs) And to me, that's the part of this reckoning for the church to do and for leaders to do. This is taught This is taught in Christian books that are handed out, and I do not hear anybody saying, these are wrong. We cannot continue with this doctrine. You're talking about people that are still the the evangelical churches, the fundamental churches. They're not saying it's wrong. People who've come out are saying it's wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. People who've come out, but it's like, you know, great. We all believe that, and the people that are still doing the harm are the ones in it, and so that's— yeah. That's where, like, that's where the message needs to go in. It needs to go into those young families who are joining these churches. They need to have that told to them that this is a terrible way to raise your yeah. children. And I am looking to the fathers to do that. And my ex would be one. He's in a place of ministry, and he of all people should be publicly denouncing these methodologies, and he won't even have the conversation. Mm. So that does make me believe he would do it again. And that is a chilling thought that has been really hard for me to come to grips with because my default is, surely you would not do that again. But he has not said otherwise. Wow. Wow, Tracy. So that's how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That is a lot. Well, I think we should, um, in the months to come, we should brainstorm. Maybe we can come up with uh, some concerted, coordinated effort to try to get the churches to listen. But I don't know. That might also just be spitting into the wind. Yeah, it might be. You know, there are organizations that take a safe zone pledge, and they are working with churches to take safe zone pledges and to equip parents on how to do respectful parenting. So there are resources out there. I'm not into dragging someone's nose in it. My my real heart is to equip new parents, especially fundy parents. You know, obviously we disagree with a lot of stuff, but if they could change the way they raise the next generation, that would go a long way. That would. Yeah, it would. Well, Tracy, thank you very, very much for sharing all of this. That's heavy. Yeah, it's intense. 
And this is on top of the fact that it has been a crazy and wonderful and jammed last five months or so, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, we launched our podcast mid-April. Yeah. And with this one, what? That's going to bring us to 20 episodes? 20, 20. Oh. <laughs> well, and at the same time, we're juggling pretty busy personal and professional lives. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the way we've been approaching the podcast, right? We really are trying to take the time to bring quality to each episode for sure. Yes, whether it's in an interview with stories that so coincide with ours or mm -hmm. our own topics like this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about how it's taken quite a bit of focus and dedicated time to plan and to schedule and to record. And, and not to mention the editing. Guys, yeah. Sharon has all the editing on her plate. So editing. sometimes she has to edit me a lot. <laughs> But I don't edit myself. <laughs> I throw in every shit and fuck I can, right? <laughs> All right. So so one bit of important wisdom that we've gained in our 60 plus years on this earth. Yes, you're the that, plus. You're the plus because you are older than me. So <laughs> you know, okay, I'm gonna exercise some extremely rare out-of-character self-control for me, and I am not going to say my <laughs> usual, fuck you, Tracy, to that comment. Actually, I was thinking the last time you said that to me on a public forum, uh, <laughs> that would make a great shirt, one of our first oh. uh, shirts, and that people wouldn't get it unless fuck they you, listened. Fuck you, Tracy. Yes. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's got to be, that's great. <laughs> oh my God, I love that too. All right, all right, I got I to gotta order one. <laughs> What Sharon was going to say was that we've learned the need for balance in our lives. And we, <laughs> like we're talking about in this episode, are giving you insights into how we're trying to achieve that. Yeah. And also, we've decided that for now, in order to keep the show quality and really make sure we're concentrating on the stories that are important, we are going to switch to an every other week podcast schedule. Yes, we're going to go every other week instead of weekly, but never fear, children. There are other great shows mm -hmm. out there to help feed your needs. And in fact, next week on Thursday, August 31st, Tracy and I, we are guests on the wonderful podcast, Cheers to Leaving. Yeah, so you can still hear our graceful Granny, well, that's really Sharon because I'm not one yet. <laughs> Voices next week as we talk with Rachel and Molly, who are both young enough to be our daughters. Yeah. And have filled that place for me of really being teachers for me. Yeah. I don't know. Is my voice really graceful? I, I think it's more gratuitous. <laughs> I think it's the gratuitous <laughs> granny voice, you know, all those extra special expletives. <laughs> yeah. You're like the Betty White of Golden Girls. I <laughs> think. Wait, did she curse? Oh, my God. Betty did? Betty White? Or maybe it's the other one. No, it wasn't Betty. She was sweet. Was she the sweet one? Okay. Yeah, who's the, the, who's the really crass granny? Oh, you know, I don't remember. We're going to have to go back and watch that. We Because we were <laughs> in a commune during those, we didn't watch that show. So I only have an overview because I don't even know how many I watched, but... <laughs> All right. Next time we're together, we're going to binge a few of them, okay? Just for the hell of it. Yes. So we'll be back here with you on wait, Wednesday. Wait. Oh, 
Since you mentioned Betty White, I just got to say this. I remember some joke she told where she was saying, people are always talking about grow some balls, you know, to get tough. You know, you should grow some balls. She said, but you know what? Every man I know says those things kind of hurt. So (laughs) really what you should say is grow a vagina because that (laughs) thing is going to take a pounding. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think... I think her character, I don't know why I think, but I thought she was the spicy one, but we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to. We'll have to. You know, at the very beginning of this, we only agreed to every other week. (laughs) Oh, you're right. Right? At the very beginning, that's what we said. And then then we went crazy on it. Yes. So we only promised from the beginning, and you were even in that, like, oh, if we can keep it every other week. So, (laughs) So there's that. Okay. All right, folks. <laughs> if you haven't already, please follow and subscribe, rate us, leave a review, all that kind of good stuff. And you can always find us on Instagram, feedofclay.cultsisters, where our link tree will take you to everywhere we are. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you not next week, but after that. Bye. Bye.